Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hour number two, Jeff Cameron Show, Balls Wednesday. Good to be with you. Appreciate you. I hope this finds you doing well. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Director Matthew in the house as well. On Twitter, it's at J Cameron Show. Quick reminder as we get started this hour. And tonight, yeah, it is tonight. I almost, I almost screwed up. It is definitely tonight. Wake up, War Chant, six o'clock. War Chant TV. There's going to be an announcement. Of a new FSU player show tonight. I know who it is. I, I'm not allowed to say. I'm very, very excited about it. I think it'll be a great addition to the uh, to the to the to the channel, to War Chant, and to uh, Florida State fans everywhere. So, wake up, War Chant, live tonight at six. Corey and Aslan, and they will unveil the uh, new FSU player show tonight. I think you're going to like it. I do. I think you're going to like it. Brian, I'm not doubling down being anti-Toa Feely because of Ira and Corey giving me a hard time yesterday on headlines. It's just that I really like our backfield, and if I, were, if I was going to identify the players in that backfield that I'm excited to watch play and who I think will be the most consistent of the bunch, he wouldn't be in the top two. He might struggle to be in the top three. So that's all I'm saying. But that's a good segment group. Um, there's a lot of talent there. And so when I say a lot of talent, I'm obviously projecting one of those guys, um, Benson, to have a huge year. And then we already know what Treshawn Ward can do. And I'm like you. I love Rodney Hill. Yeah, Rodney Hill is a uh, Rodney plus Hill's, player. Yeah, is a plus player. I, I like him more than I like Toa Feely. That's me. That's, that's, who, that's who I am. Now, they are different backs, yeah. to be sure. I, I think... If you lost one of your main two in Ward or Benson, I'd rather have Rodney Hill take those snaps. But I think there is a skill set specific to Toa Feely Very that specific. I don't know that they can recreate. And it's useful because it's explosive. And there's a little bit more that he's got to his game this fall that he's he's closer to being a complete back, but he's more of a specialist that is trending towards a complete back, That's which is good. Much, yeah, That's good. He's trending towards being really good next year. He's got to keep lifting, man. You got to get bigger. He's got to get a lot bigger. I know that they've talked about him getting bigger and that he's attacked the weight room and he's a different guy. And I believe it. I don't question his work ethic. You are spot on when you talk about he's got a unique skill set. But he's not an every down back. And he's not big enough to be an every down back. So he's got a lot of work to do, in my opinion. 
And uh, that's all I'm saying. That's, that's, that's all it is. It's not a knock on the kid as much as it is praise for the other guys in that segment group. Well, how about Burrell yesterday? He looked natural. He did. I'm glad they're going to get something out of him because I don't think they're going to get a damn thing out of him at wide receiver. So that's, that's good to see. Um, he might. I've been speculating on the sideline with you about this for some time, uh, saying that it seems to me like he could fill a different role. And, you know, he's a big dude. He's got the mm-hmm. frame. You want to talk about big. That's mm-hmm. a big dude, and he can get bigger and play that tweener role, that H-back role, something Come on along now. those lines. Come on now. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. I mean, that's what I've, we've been waiting on it, right? There's the guy who has the hands to catch the ball out of the backfield, but big enough to block for you, can finish a run. Okay. It's one thing to beat a corner on a nine. It's quite another to beat a linebacker on a rail. Right? You know, that's it's a huge, huge difference. Yeah. And he can do the latter. Not so sure he can do the former, but he's physical enough to. It's just a matter of does he have the natural instincts to be able to block and, and do that kind of stuff. Even if you're a traditional running back in this offense, you're going to be asked to block. Not just yeah. pass protect, but lead block because they go any which way yeah, they with do. the formation. They do. So, and this is a running team. This yes. is who they are. I'm going to say it till I'm blue in the face. We're not lining up out here slinging around all over the lot. That's not who this team is. That's not their identity. Now, maybe the coaches see it differently. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe they come out there and shock us all. I'm not trying to give away trade secrets. I'm saying I think the strength of this team is that they're going to be able to run. They coach it well. They've got a deep backfield, a deeper offensive line than they've ever had, uh, an offensive line coach who's also – your, your offensive coordinator, so he, in my opinion, is going to be inclined to want to run the ball. Mo- all offensive linemen are. All former offensive linemen that become offensive coordinators want to run the ball. And guess what? I do too. I love it. I think that ought to be your identity. I'm not talking about being antiquated because the modern game is predicated on the pass game. I get it. The modern game is predicated on the passing game. But you cannot do... The square peg round hole. If you're not, if that's not where you shine, if that's if that's not where your plus players exist, then you got to play to your strengths, and their strengths ought to be running the football, setting up the pass via the run. It's an old school mentality. It's not a modern brand of football, but it's not to say you can't win that way. You absolutely can win that way, and there's enough of a threat in the passing game. They're improved enough at wide receiver. Uh, Jordan Travis is good enough as a passer that they can do those things. They will not be elite in the passing game. They will not. They haven't been and they won't be this year. Will they be better? Yes. But the strength is to run the ball, and I'm fine with that, man, because this really does get you back to an old-school way of thinking. They can be good on defense. I think they can be good on defense. Elite, no. Good? I think they'd be good on defense. If you're good on defense and you can run the ball, you can win a lot of games, man. You can. That's that's sound fundamental football. You just have to be able to beat teams who are hell-bent on taking away the run game. There will be some teams on our schedule that are capable and desirable in terms of taking away the run game. They're going to say, you're not beating me with that. Can you make those throws when you have to? Now, the answer to that question for the most part, has been a resounding no. No, we cannot make enough of these passes to force you to play us honest in the past. The biggest question of the season, in my opinion, is can you? Can you against LSU? Can you against Florida? Can you against Miami? Can you against Clemson? Can you on the road against NC State? 
Because I don't think Louisville can take away your run game. I don't think Wake Forest can take away your run game. I don't think Boston College can take away your run game. I don't think a lot of those teams that would want to do it can do it. But the teams I just named can. So you better be able to make them pay dearly in the passing game. So they have to play you honest. And I don't know the answer to that question. We're going to find out. The season's about to start. That's the biggest question to me about the season. Yeah, what's fun about it is it's kind of a hybrid of the mentality of the old school, but and not to sound like Mike's introductory press conference, but it's a, it's a new way of doing it, and, and new-ish. It's been around for 10, 12 years, but it's the formations that are newer, out of the gun. I mean, that's nothing that Mike hasn't run either here or right, at Memphis. Memphis, yeah. But you, you introduce tempo, and you introduce formations that create matchups along with the physicality of the running game. That's how you're going to create your base of your offense. And what I'd love to see is for a segment of this schedule, five games, maybe six this year, if you're able to establish the run on first down, I want to see a team that's exhausted. I'm talking about the opposing defense in the second half. Yes, that's the whole. We've had to manage games to keep them close and then see if we could push over the finish line at the end. Very different goals. Yeah, you were trying to steal wins instead of just beating somebody's ass into the dirt. You could introduce in multiple games this year tempo and put teams on the defensive and also force the other offense to chase you because, look, we're not stopping. I don't care if you're playing up to 35 or 40 because we're going to 50. Like, I think that's actually possible for this team right now against against the lesser foes. Got to win first down, and they didn't win a lot of first downs to be able to stay in tempo, and or they were trailing because their offense in the first half of the season wasn't great, and their defense sucked. So they were trailing all the time. So a lot of what you want to do and what you're talking about doing is all predicated on whether or not you can establish these things and get out to a lead and dictate terms, and you dictate terms against this defense, and now I know you really can't do anything up the middle against us. I feel good about that. So you're already becoming more one-dimensional by definition because of our strength. Now I've got you in the hole. So here we come. Now let's go. Can you create pressures when you know what's coming? Do we have the personnel to get after the passer? I don't know the answer to that either. That's another good question. Jared Verse, you'd like to think, can do enough of that. Can Briggs do enough of that? Uh, Can McClendon do enough of that? Do they have enough of those guys? Can you send Amari Gaynor in sort of a hybrid formation and get him to get after the passer? Uh, I don't know. But I, they're going to get opportunities, more opportunities than they had a year ago. Where they're going to hurt is that, look, Keir Thomas was incredibly underrated. That guy was probably your most consistent defensive player last year, and he's gone. And then Jermaine Johnson was a first-rounder. So that speaks for itself. When that guy decided to take over games, he took over games. He took over the Miami game late. He took over a large swath of the Clemson game. It was a shame that uh, they couldn't hold on to that lead after the strip sack fumble touchdown because that guy right there was just a menace, and he did it in big spots throughout the year. But they don't have that guy, at least not yet, that we know of. Maybe maybe it'll happen in a game. But I don't know who that guy is right now that you would turn to and say, all right, I've got you in an obvious le- poor leverage situation. We, we've dictated terms here. You're now in a second and obvious, third and obvious. Can I make you pay because I've made you predictable? I don't know the answer to that question. I think they have numbers to throw at the problem with the names that you've listed. They've all looked good at at different points of camp. I I don't know that – because if you put together Keir and Jermaine's numbers, and we've gone over this a lot, but the numbers are staggering in the the, the sack count, but the tackles for loss are more staggering. It's 30-plus. Just look at the pressures. The pressures, the tackles – 
Even the tackles. You're yeah. not supposed to have 100-plus tackles from two defensive ends. I mean, that's crazy person talk, the production they put out there. Yes, they did. But if you throw four or five players at that problem and you can specialize down distance for a couple of them, for example, Leonard Warner against a running team or early on in a, in a sequence, first and 10 or first and 15 after a penalty, mm-hmm. all right, all right, you know what? That snap that you give me now is going to keep Jared Fresher or McClendon Fresher on third and long. Like that's how you throw the numbers of the problem. And I think if once you add all those things together, you get 85 to 90% of the production that you got in terms of tackles for loss and sacks from Jermaine and Keir. I think you're good enough at linebacker and corner that you're accounting for it. But all of those guys need to play a role. I, there's no one-man solution this year. I, I think that's far-fetched to believe that there is. Fun question from Tom, and I'm glad you asked it because I, Tom Lang, my producer and dear friend, uh, introduced it a moment ago when he said, yeah, in some ways you are uh, kind of innovative by being old school and relying on the run. Tom asked this question, and I'll answer it with this because we saw it a year ago. It didn't work, and I'll tell you why. Big picture question, when do you think we see a team go back to Smash Mouth football and win a national title or a Super Bowl with mismatches against everybody's personnel? It's got to be coming. Okay, so that was Bill Belichick's idea with New England. That was his idea with, with Cam Newton, who had a shot arm, a shoulder that didn't work, and that made them uber predictable. So that first year that Cam came to New England, it failed miserably. They couldn't do anything. So then he decided to beef up with a gazillion tight ends and big receivers and run the ball with his quarterback. Like Here's a guy in the day and age where we're talking about modern offense, lighting up scoreboards, right? Here's a guy who decided, I want to dominate with defense, shorten games, and physically brutalize you in the run game, including running my 265-pound quarterback, right? That was his philosophy. It didn't work to the tune of being able to win a Super Bowl or even come close. But I would argue that if he had made that decision and you had a healthy Cam Newton who could threaten you down the field on occasion and maybe one take the top off uh, wide receiver, that it would have gone a lot further than it did. I do think somebody's – well, listen – the Tennessee Titans are trying to win Super Bowls doing just that. That's Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. Is If you look at their loss to Cincinnati in the playoffs list last year, Derrick Henry rushed 20 times for 62 yards. So here would be my answer. When there is an influx of offensive line talent on that level, then you're going to see it. But if you think about the scarcity of good offensive line play, in the pros certainly, and in college, it's almost as scarce to find a group of five that are really, really good across the board Mm -hmm. as it is to find a plus quarterback. It's hard to put five of those guys together. Now, how hard is it to find a behemoth who can play a zero-tech or as an interior lineman Mm -hmm. or a giant who can stop the run from the edge? That's not hard to find. Those guys are not in short supply. So the problem, it's, it's always a supply and demand issue. Right now, I don't think you got the supply of offensive linemen to warrant that type of dominance. Until defensive ends realize that I can make more, or defensive tackles realize I can make more money as a guard, then I I think you're still going to have to reward the passing game. That's the first place you're going to have to go. Think about how many third and shorts in the NFL are stuffed, or fourth and ones. I mean, just go through your mind of big games, red zone. It happens all. You You can hardly run straight ahead on fourth and one. If it's a full yard, it doesn't matter if you've got Leonard Fournette. You're still nervous. Oh, without question, because they reset the line of scrimmage all the time with 340-pound dudes. Exactly. That's the end of it. Um, Jimbo said at the end of his time here in the interview I did with him, you can't run up the middle anymore on fourth and one inside the five, inside the three. You can't do it. I'm like, well, I disagree. You can, but you need a Derrick Henry. 
Or you need Brady to sneak it. You yeah, know? you need a battering ram yeah. or you need a guy who's really adept at it, yeah. Uh, but most of the time, they just choose to not run their head into the wall. I get it. I get it. it makes it's you just, nervous. I don't think it's it's always a fan thing to complain about the offensive line. I think in general, once again, to be redundant, if you're looking at it as a supply chain, there are a hell of a lot more behemoths on the defensive side than the offensive side. Like well, most teams in the pros and even the Alabamas and Georgias of the world, if they lose a lineman or two on the offensive side, they're screwed. If they lose a defensive tackle, they're not. They're not They've got screwed. three more. Yes, if you're recruiting at that level, at the highest of levels, then you have stockpiled four and five defensive tackles. You are correct. Florida State's got to get to that point, and that's already still a position of strength right now here. You have four guys you feel very good about a defensive tackle, two that you feel obviously over the moon about, and two more that you say, okay, he can play, he can play, he's all right, and on the verge of being really good. And even behind those next two, you have right. another guy or so that you think is going to be good. So, yeah, they have – but they're not four and five star guys. They're not Alabama. Correct. Uh, yeah, they're Correct. not that guy. Yeah. So, um, it's fun, man. It's it's fun to watch. Um, sort of the the give and the take. Look, there's nothing new under the sun in football. And what's what's old is new again, and then eventually it goes back around the other way. We see it all the time. I mean, good God, we all sat there and watched the reintroduction of the Wildcat. Nineteen twenty seven football. Wing T variations of the wing T. Okay, really? That's what we're doing out here. But that was well, I mean, shockingly um, cutting edge when it's reintroduced seventy-five years after the fact. Right. Well, the the athletic quarterback has more of a place in the NFL than ever before. By far, you've got more shotgun sets than ever before. Zone read is a fixture of every offense in the pros now. It was laughed at. Eight years ago. It's a, it's so much so that there's a legitimate chance Jalen Hurts has a good year this year. Right. Yes. And he's not even any good. So imagine that. All of these guys are good fantasy players. And all of these <laughs> I mean, these are productive players. Yeah. That's but I love Be that. I do too. I we was begging for it for years. The variety. Everybody looked yeah. like Mike Glennon. I got so tired of the cookie cutting uh, cutter offenses. I'm just so glad it finally worked. Now, there were a lot of failures leading up to that point. There were teams willing to put their neck out on a limb and try it. Now you had to change all your personnel. You had to change everything about how you ran your offense. It also had an effect on your defense because you couldn't practice against what you were going to see every week because you were doing something completely different. But when it finally worked, then we were all introduced to Patrick Mahomes. And then all of right. a sudden we began to see that this can be a thing. And, well, you know, Lamar Jackson won an well, MVP. I and, mean, it's amazing. And the zone read isn't tied to the athleticism of quarterback. No. The Patriots ran it to death with Brady. Yeah, which is funny. I mean, that was a state, everything. That's an element of it, even though he's no threat to right. run. Yes. But it was all about the threat of the running back getting the ball. You get a linebacker to fall step, and then there's James White, and he's got a 12-yard gain. You're like, Jesus! Who just this retired. Is, yeah. Dolphin yeah. of the cap. Great career. Yeah. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee, fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash 
all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Congratulations goes to uh, go out to uh, Derwin James. Man, Derwin James, when you think about how talented he is, you realize that he's preternaturally gifted and talented because he's certainly not on the field a lot. Right, yeah. He's not on the field often, so much so that sometimes you forget he's in the league. But he's now the highest paid safety in the National Football League. So good for him, man. I'm, I'm not a hater on anybody's money. He's played 36 games in his career so far. He's he's a special player when he's on the field. He really is. He's a game changer. It's just he's frequently hurt. It's it's uh, it's difficult. Uh, this is the story. All pro safety Derwin James have agreed to terms with the Chargers. Has agreed to terms with the Chargers. Four years, seventy six point four million dollar contract extension. Good on you. The deal has an average annual value of nineteen point one three million dollars, and certainly resets the market. James agreed to the deal one day after the Chargers coach, Brandon Staley, described the star safety as an impact player and the heartbeat of our defense. When I see him, I think that's a defensive back because he can play anywhere, Staley said. He can play either safety spot, he can play corner, he can rush the quarterback and make an impact as a blitzer, he can make an impact in man-to-man coverage, and then he can make an impact in zone defense, whether he's playing low or high, and he's our signal caller and the heartbeat of our defense. James reported to training camp on July 26, but remained a hold-in over the past three weeks, missing 14 practices as contract negotiations continued. Smart. Staley expressed confidence that James would be physically ready to participate in football activities when a deal was reached, saying there is no one that has more pride in his performance and his ability to be in shape mentally and physically to do the job at the highest level than him. And uh, obviously that will come with very high expectations. Um Look, he's entering his fifth and final season of his rookie contract, was scheduled to earn slightly more than $9 million. 257 tackles, five and a half sacks, five picks, three forced fumbles in his career. All pro recognition as a rookie before playing only five games in 2019. Missed the entire 2020 season because of a uh, knee injury. Played 15 games last season. I, you know, listen, I, I, I like Derwin James. I'm rooting for him. He's a Nolan. He's a great player. He's always been a hard worker, so I got no problem with Derwin James. But, man, I'm thinking about it from the franchise's standpoint. If I had a guy that basically missed two of his first four seasons, I'd be like, I mean, really? It's a, well, what are we going to do? I mean, what are we, then we let him walk. We let him walk, and he's going to stay healthy for three straight years, or we're going to look like the biggest a-holes in the world. Yeah, then you're screwed, right? Yeah. The thing I, that I always lament any time his name comes up. and he's, Is that we he's misused a, him? Yes. Yeah, hide him in center field instead of... I mean, you know what, though? We've got bigger fish to fry. We've had a lot of problems since then, too. We haven't had a lot of players like Derwin. I'd rather complain about how we're using star players than complain about the things we're doing right now because we don't have star players on that level. We're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah, the misuse of a game-changing player is a better debate to have. Yes. As opposed to, when are we going to get a game-changing player? I agree. That can be immensely frustrating. Continues to be a point of contention. Although I've 
deflected from that many days and said, just get me to get me to that seven or eight yeah. win plateau. And we can start to talk about the next step. Not everybody embraces Florida State when they leave either. You know, and that's fine. It, I, listen, right. a lot of people feel certain ways about their college experience or their high school experience and, and cool. Whatever it may be, yeah. Derwin embraces Florida State always, any chance he gets. So that's why I like it extra for him when he succeeds. And he was very smart, given his injury history, to not put one foot on the practice field and run a drill. It's your only force of uh, leverage that you have. It's the, it's the only thing you can do is to withhold your playing services. That's all, that's all you can do. Also, I've never heard of a hold-in. That's a nice term. Whatever agent or PR group came up with hold-in. Oh, I'm not holding out. He's yeah, going to be I'm there. holding in. He's going to be there. I'm there. I'm watching these practices with the best of them. He's going to report. He's just not going to practice with yeah, you. I'm going to hold in. Very smart. That's yeah. nice. I do that when my wife asks me to do work around the house. Honey, it's a hold in. I'm going to hold in on this couch, and uh, I'm not leaving you in the lurch. I'm here. I'm here. I'm just not doing what you would like me to do while I'm here. And I'm here but for I, you. But I'm here for you. I'm supporting you and the kids as you do the stuff. <laughs> I'm not some deadbeat who just goes and runs to the, you know, the grocery store or the hardware store or the bar for hours. I'm not going to the golf course. I'm here. David, I'm I do in. David, I do watch special teams. I've seen enough of it to last a lifetime. Why don't you watch special teams, Jeff? One of the areas that I am most interested in is to see if we can take a big step from the debacle that was that group last year. Thanks. Oh yeah, David, I'm I'm very interested. I, we share uh, your zeal for the special teams improvement and the need for it is duly noted. And I have watched them practice special teams in a way that uh, nobody should be subjected to. I mean, they do an awful lot of special teams, detail-oriented special teams practice. So I think I've seen what they're attempting to do. I'm just at the let's see if they can do it stage. Yeah, because last year... They spent a lot of time on and special teams. It was novel, and we're saying, wow, look at all the time they're spending on special teams. And then we saw what they were. So that's a fool me once situation. That is correct. That's a better way of answering it. Uh, David, I watched them do this very song and dance a year ago, and then the special teams unit was arguably the worst in the country, and I thought, well, I've got to spend all those hours watching them practice special teams just so they could go out here and look like a-holes. It was very difficult. I think they're going to return the ball well. It's a matter if there are flags on those returns. And I'm not saying they're being flagged in practice. That's the modern return game to exactly. begin with. That's everybody. But they've got guys that can return the ball now. And we didn't even have that towards the end of Jimbo's tenure, none of Willie's time, and certainly not since. So I think they're going to catch the ball. That's, that's going to go a long way in being in a, better on special teams. They'll catch it. Yes. I believe that. I've seen enough from that, David, to know they're going to catch it. That's important. But Micah could also advance the football. Could, I mean, could. Let's we're, not we're taking get a 3,000-level class here, though. He's a 3,000-level player. Yeah, but let's not get crazy. Let's not make any assumptions just yet. The catching of the football, we're going to start with that. I will. I'm going to say that Micah, <laughs> he's exempt from the final exam mm -hmm. in the uh, catch-the-punt uh, class. So that's what what it is. It punt 1,000? He's exempt. I think he might be exempt from level two. I think he's because he can run it down now. It's he's, not just what's around him. He also can track it off the foot. He does well with that. That's level two. He's clipped out, huh? He's he's been able to clip out of those. Well, classes? yes, okay, but nice, level three nice. is still you got to take the course now, which is can you advance the football after tracking it down and catching it? He's even got good instincts on the hop too. If it's a crappy punt in front of him, Pittman has a good instinct of when to let it go or when to. Ooh, look at this. Maybe I could advance the ball and sneak up because these gunners are sleeping. He does I'm, good. 
I'm personally excited to see how they play, uh, how well they play, and how explosive they are in kickoff return. Because they got guys there they too. They got guys there too, and uh, one of those guys it seems to be Deuce Span to me. So I'm excited to see him get an opportunity because he can really go. He can really go. So um, we'll see. We'll see. I, I don't make assumptions about special teams anymore uh, with this group. They practiced it. They care about it. Both publicly, they've stated it, and then. Physically, they've shown me that that's true by the way that they conduct practice. We'll see. I don't know if they can cover it, and I don't know that they can run it down and make sure that if somebody returns, they hold them inside the 25. That's the consistency. You just can't know. And they were not good at that last year. Some of the problems that um, are presented for all of us that cover the team on a daily basis is that, again, we're watching them go against one another on a daily basis. I'm not watching LSU's practice. I'm not at Florida's practice. I'm not at Clemson's practice. So you lack the ability to, to compare and contrast on a daily basis what you're seeing. I can look at a guy and tell you physically, I've been around it long enough, I've played the game, I've covered the game, all that, that this guy has the body type or not. You guys hear me make the joke all the time, uh, and since he's not here anymore, I can definitely say it, but we walked out onto the field the day that I saw Kushney, and I went, what the hell are we doing with this kid? He can't play here. This is ridiculous. And everybody was like, well, now hold on. Let's and No, no, he'll never play here. Stop it. That's a waste of space. So, like, I can do that with certain guys, and you can do that. We can look at a guy and go, yeah, he's got the physicality, or he doesn't. But, you know, we were fooled last year a little bit by what we saw in practice. We thought that maybe uh, maybe we were better than we really were at receiver, as it turned out, or corner. Because our corners ended up – that's a better example. Our corners dominated our receivers in camp. And right. we were like, man, these corners, yeah. I mean, we may have a little something here. And then camp was over and the game started and everybody ran right past everybody and scored a gazillion points. And we went, yeah, our receivers suck. Sorry about that. I'm terming that the fog of camp. <laughs> It can happen. It is the fog of camp when yeah. you're going against each other all day. You're like, oh, so the corners dominated because our receivers are the worst in power five. Yeah. Uh-huh. So what happens when they go against average in power five? Oh, that's a touchdown. Yeah, that's what happens. They're not even on the screen. Right. So, you know, that's 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 a toughie when that happens. And um, I, would, I would tell you that I've tried to guard against it in camp this year. I've really worked hard. In, in my efforts to um, not be blinded by a player who's having repeated success against another player if I believe the player that he is succeeding against is substandard. Because you can watch a guy and you're like, man, he's always flashing. And then you're like, yeah, he's frequently kicking the guy's ass across from him who's never going to play in a college football game. You know what I mean? And you got you got to remind yourself of that. Yeah, I think that's probably a segment for either next week or the week of the LSU game of, all right, here are our concerns, dude. And it's probably more fair after <laughs> Duquesne because then you've got actual stuff that everybody's allowed to see mm -hmm. and we can speak a little bit more openly. That's true. Because I've, I've got some concerns. There's some players that I'm yeah. like, eh, this is my concern, dude. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. You brought up the Fog of Camp. If you guys have not seen 2003's Fog of War, Errol Morris is the director. It is really worth your time. You should watch it. It's fantastic. I made Tom watch it when we first became friends years ago. Oh, what time was that? That was like 2000. Oh, you're talking about the time of night? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was very late. But we enjoyed it. It was a fantastic <laughs> we did, film. We yeah. did. My yeah. wife was not happy that we were up late I enjoying that film. made it through like film. 45 minutes, I think. Yeah. But you went back subsequently. And I did. It. Yeah, of course. It's a masterpiece. Say you're considering buying a home in the current climate. We've all heard that demand is high, inventory is low. How do you get a leg up on the rest of the buyers all making offers on the same house as you? That can be a toughie. 
But the first place I'd suggest you start is with a call to my friend Shannon. Shannon's giddy this time of year, by the way, guys. He is pumped. If you call Shannon, not only are you going to get the best in the business, and you'll get that home, and you'll get pre-qualified and all that, but you're going to be able to talk a little football with him, a little Florida State football. He's an old, just like us. He's pumped. He's ready to go. Shannon's at the uh, legendary home ones. Legendary home ones. Set you up with complete pre-approval underwriting. No longer uh, an upgrade. It's it's pretty standard these days. If you want to get your offer on a new home pushed to the front of the line, you're going to need a TBD full underwriting approval from Legendary Home Loans. Let's get on that. You'll shorten, remove your financing contingency. The sellers know right off the bat that your offer is very, very real. You're ready to go. So why not have the advantage of a proven winning team in your huddle? Get approval underwriting from my friend Shannon with the one and only Legendary Home Loans. Give him a call today, 844-FSU-LOAN, 844-FSU-LOAN, or visit FSUHomeLoans.com. That is FSUHomeLoans.com. Wow, wow! I'm sure you looked at this. You mentioned it earlier when ESPN did their position rankings and top 100 players. I went down to quarterbacks just because I remembered how many of these guys. I was like, okay, here we go. So of the position rankings, grades for each player, ESPN did this, top 100 players. Florida State plays Tyler Van Dyke, who has the fourth highest rated quarterback, according to ESPN. Anthony Richardson, who's the fifth. Highest-rated quarterback, according to ESPN. Phil Jerkovic, sixth highest-rated quarterback. Play him, too. Devin Leary, seventh highest-rated quarterback. Play him, too. We don't play Pitt, right? Correct. But he's on the list. Uh, Slovis. Jaden Daniels, LSU, 10th on that list. You got Sam Hartman. We'll see if we play him or not. I don't know. May or may not. Malik Cunningham's top 21 30th overall, so on that list. Good God, man. Think we play enough of these guys? As opposed to running backs. Like, go through the running back list. We play one of the top running backs. can only choose one. <laughs> one. Uh, and then we have, we do face the top receiver. That's game two. That's our second game, I should say. Their first. Uh, Boutte. Yeah, man. Uh, he's a he's a real threat, but I like us. Uh, I, I you know what I would like to see. Maybe I'd like to see this more in practice than I would in a game. Would you like to watch Zary Thomas lock him up in practice? In pra- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's. <laughs> he's had too much experience for the game. You know, twenty's made the practice reports a lot, um, or he did make the practice reports a lot earlier on in camp. Mm-hmm. I think that is to be expected, given that. Fall camp wears on. Wears on. And on. Wears on. And on. And if you're Good a true God, freshman, it's yeah. a, that's a tough deal. So, yeah. Yeah, I think he's gotten tired. I I, I don't know. I mean, um, again, I think everybody's tired right now. Everybody's tired right now. It's uh, you can Sometimes you can see it. Yeah, Buffalo Tom put it in the comments section that the ACC is better than the ACC in terms of quarterback play and defensive tackle play. That's actually arguable, too, in defensive tackle play. It's, it's, they've got a lot of good interior defensive linemen here in the ACC this year. Better league this year than last. It's a, very, yeah. it's a, it's a yeah. pretty good league 
this year. Ton of veterans. Uh, the defensive tackles, the kid at Pitt is really good. Uh, Breesy at uh, Clemson's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, also in the ACC, um, I think Fabian Lovett's very, very good. Uh, Tyler Davis is really, really good from Clemson. Uh, the the Rook kid from Clemson is also very, very good. Clemson's got like six of these dudes. It pisses me off. And they're still going to lose three or more games. Let's hope. Uh, well, and we'll get a we'll get a look at some really talented players against that LSU defense. They're good. That's a good defense. Um, we see a ton of them. A ton of the top one hundred. We see too many, too many for my liking. When you're when you're fighting for scraps, when you're trying to build yourself back up, man, that's that's way too many. But what are you gonna do? Got to find a way. And it's team game, Tom. It's the ultimate team game, as they say. So you know, maybe Boutte is good. Maybe he is. What if his team sucks? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. This reminds me of the NCAA tournament draw when you're looking for how many starts are returning. March mm-hmm. Madness, how many fifth-year seniors do players have? Do they have a fourth or fifth-year senior point guard? Uh, back, yeah, backcourt is always what you're worried about. The yeah. ACC's like that this mm-hmm. year. There are a lot of those teams. Now, when the COVID eligibility thing runs out, it's going to be back to problems, big problems. But not right now, not this year. So, I'm just not prepared to say it. Everybody wants definitive answers. I can't give those to you right now. I can tell you we're better in certain areas. We're worse in certain areas. We're a better overall team than we were a year ago. I believe all those things to be true that I just said. I, I think I think if we could obviously crystal ball this thing, we'd make a lot of money and we'd be really happy if uh, if we could project a win over LSU, project a win on the road on a Friday night against Louisville. I, I don't know the answer to that. I like our chances of possessing the ball against Louisville a lot and keeping – Malik Cunningham off the field. That's, well, that that would be ideal. That means special teams are going to matter against LSU, buddy. Old special teams are going to play a role in that game. Field position. I think special teams will play a huge role in a lot of Florida State games this year because Florida State is, once again, going to play a ton of one-possession games. They're, Florida State's improvement, coupled with uh, where they sit talent-wise in the ACC, married to this schedule with the LSU and Florida at the end of the year, of course, always. Uh, you really do have the makings of eight 50-50 type games, one-score spread games. So it, by definition, if you're playing in a bunch of one-score games, if you miss a couple field goals, if you give up a ton of yards in special teams because you don't pick up the punt or you don't return the, you know, you don't stop them from taking it out past the 25, 30-yard line. You decide to return it. At, yeah, and it's yeah, always yeah. at the 18 18- Freaking yard line on yeah. a kick return. If you do stuff like that, it's the kind of stuff that leads you to get beat. And I know your concerns. One of them is probably making field goals. One of my concerns, too. Yes. My other concern is being stubborn with kick returns if they don't work early. It's going to work. I know it's going to work. Well, if you're one for 20 and that one's a home run, that's 19 outs. You know, that's the thing I'm concerned about. They did that a little bit last year. Where it's they were going to return the kick come hell or high water. It's interesting that the twenty five is a good place. It is a good place statistically. We know how much better of a place the twenty five is than say the fifteen. Yes, I one thing I would say: the special teams rules have shifted in such a way that there's no there's no distinct advantage anymore unless you have a preternaturally gifted returner to really taking those chances. There's just no reason to do it. 
special teams is now they they protect players, and I I don't have a problem with it. That, that's an area where you can protect players. It's the ACC for most of our schedule, meaning those officials who always want to throw the hanky. And we're good at doing it though. Nine times, I mean, I get on officials all the time, but I'm telling you, when I look back at the replays after they throw a flag on returns, nine out of ten times they're right. Some some idiot hit somebody in the back again. And you're like, well, there it is. What he, you're standing right in front of him. Why would you? T- <laughs> if you can see their name and number on the back, you can't hit them. Well, and how many of those are in addition to the ones where even the analyst goes, oh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I suppose you yeah, could call that. But you know, that happens 12 times a year. But you also know that it's going to be called. Like they're not. There's no ambiguity there. Which is why I like the 25, unless you know. It's at the you're, seven. Well, you're catching the ball at the yeah. seven, and the kid can't kick the ball, or the wind is up, or whatever. Or you're desperate. You need a big play. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, or before yeah. the half. Yeah. Something you know, there's a lines. you know minute ten on the clock, or forty seconds on the clock, and you you only have one timeout. Sure, give it a shot. No big deal. Yeah, I'm the same way. More importantly, if they have one timeout, that's actually a better example. Kevin writes: If they can't break a return against Duquesne, then it's fair catches the rest of the season. <laughs> You know, we're such a broken fan base. It's so funny. Um, you know, there, there's still people in this chat when I check back over here occasionally that are worried that we're ignoring Duquesne. Golly. The legacy of yep. Jacksonville State. Yeah. That's right. It's like Bobby Bonilla. You're going to keep getting reminded about it. Yeah. Yeah, there are things that there are things that fans like to bring up no matter what. From here till my dying breath, I'm going to hear fans bring up three or four chief concerns that are echoed at the start of every season or just randomly. It's like a built-in response to a negative result. So, you lose a game, if we were to open up the phone lines per se, the first thing that you would hear Are is, we doing that right now? Is that no, what we're doing? No. But one of the things that you would hear, Jeremy's got a concern there about penalties. Everybody does. Uh, there would be, we don't play well against mo- mobile quarterbacks. Nobody does. Nobody does. We don't stop backup quarterbacks. Well, that's a weird one. They've got right? a backup going. And, you know, every time that a backup <laughs> plays against us, he throws for 500 yards. Nobody has a book on him. Yeah, it's, it's, it's well, there's a, there's a lot of things that fans think are unique to their team. They're not. But, yeah, if you're the most penalized team in the NFL, the way Dallas has been off and on over the last few years, and you're losing a lot of close games, yeah, you may want to look into it. That seems to be a bit of a problem. But for the most part, those are just knee-jerk sort of, I see this, it angers me, I wish it hadn't happened. Stop it, make it stop. We need to stop fumbling the ball. (laughs) We've only had two all year, Ted. It's game 10. Uh, I know. But but those those two were very costly. You think about when we did those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always funny. I mean, it is aggravating. All right, let's do some probable, shall we? Let's go. Cue it up. It's time for how you say with the pitching uh, probables. Hey, so this is a cool thing, and I hope it gets louder and louder and louder. The Pirates lost to the uh, Red Sox last night, five to three. They gave up five runs in the first two innings with a calamity of errors and stupidness. But they before the game, the Red Sox announcers. My wife's a Red Sox fan. When I came in, she had it on. I forgot they were even playing the Pirates. And the announcer's like, I've never seen a lineup like this that the Pirates out here have here tonight. He's like, I, I'm not trying to 
belittle the, the, the team, but I, this is ridiculous. I mean, it's like $20 million in payroll out here today. Oh, say it louder. Keep saying it. We got to put pressure on Robert Nutting. What a name. Piece of garbage. Philadelphia and the Reds. There's no score in the ninth. Ranger Suarez. Nick Lolo started those games. Cubs Nats are in the six. two to one Cubbies. That is Drew Smiley, Corey Abbott. It's four to nothing Minnesota over Kansas City in the fifth. That is Daniel Lynch, Tyler Mahal. The rest of the games, we got Orioles, Blue Jays, Austin Voth, Ross Stripling, Mariners, Angels, George Kirby, Tuki Tassant, Padres, Marlins, Mike Clevenger, Pablo Lopez, Red Sox, Pirates, Rich Hill. Hey, we're bringing the kids in. Ronzi Cantreras going for the Buccos. Rays, Yankees, Corey Kluber, Domingo Herman, Tigers, Guardians, Daniel Norris, Cal Quantrill, Mets, Braves. Here we go. Max Scherzer, Jake Odorizzi. Yeah. Feeling good? Um, you get a little nervous? No, not nervous. It's the it's the ups and downs of an MLB season. But uh, I don't like the fact that we're playing every day, including a doubleheader on the weekend, and you lost two of your starters in the last two nights. It's a toughie. That's, uh, Test that depth. Oh. Test that depth. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Rockies, Cardinals, Herman Marquez, Jordan Montgomery, A's, Rangers, Adam Aller, and Cole Reagans. Right here from Tallahassee. Yeah, there right here. There's yeah. Cole. I'd love to play golf with him. Yeah. Seems like a not a guy that would cheat. Astros, White Sox, Fromber Valdez, Michael Kopech, Dodgers, Brewers, Tony Gonsolin, and Eric Lauer, and finally D-backs, Giants, Zach Davies, still pitching. Carlos Rodon, still pitching. Pitching well. And that is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. I'm looking forward to a fire pit. Good old fire pit and a little hangout. Some adult tasty beverages and uh, got that fire pit kicking. A little football's about to kick off in the background here. Well, here we go. You just got to, months away. Yes. You can't be downwind with the fire pit because that'll give you a headache in and of itself. Oh, yeah, no, you got to know what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. I know what I'm doing around But sometimes fire on a breezy night, it doesn't matter. It shifts. Everybody, what are you oh, going to do? Man. Yeah. But it's nice. I like it. Oh, I think I need another jacket. It's very chilly out here by the fire pit. I like that. (laughs) For Tom and Director Matthew, I'm Jeff. Be well, everybody, man. We'll talk to you guys later. Be good.